You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Do you do you have memories of this? Yeah. And then he tried to force feed me gravy. It's very traumatizing. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook. And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, encouraging you to fill out the uh, survey at albertapodcastnetwork.com slash survey. We want you to help us make the network better, and there's an incentive in it for you, too. Three cash prizes of $100. You'll be entered into a draw if you fill out the survey at albertapodcastnetwork.com slash survey. Ty, it was uh, the first preseason game of the season on Sunday. The Eskimos and the Lions at Commonwealth Stadium. A beautiful day. Uh, The Eskimo Empire podcast of the Canadian Football Podcast Network putting on a great, great Great tailgate, man! Those hot dogs—I don't know what they, what they did extra to them, but they definitely hit the spot. The weather was nice, and uh, it turns out my wife's a criminal. Yeah, I saw that and I laughed hysterically. <laughs> of course mind you, you did, mind you. This is when I got out of bed at like two thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> After the game had started, yeah, you had a rough yes. Saturday night, so that's why you weren't there. Well, that's safe to say. Yeah. <laughs> I got some drywall work to do and a baby gate to rebuild and uh, a liver to repair. <laughs> so you know how women have one of everything in their bottomless purses? Yep, usually. And, and my wife's isn't too bad, but there are the basics in there. She's got her nail clippers and her tweezers and whatever the else uh, in there. So at the gate, opens up the purse and says, well, these aren't allowed in here. Because, yeah, you're really going to do something with nail clippers. <laughs> but they allowed the tweezers in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what damage you're going to do, but... They tried to take my chew one time. Oh, they did? They tried. And I'm like, yeah, no. Like, well, it's a non-smoking facility. I'm like, yeah, it's great. I'm not smoking it. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do here. I was actually talking to a guy. They tried to take his cowbell once. And he's like, I can actually buy one in the stadium. That's why they were going to take it, because then they make more money on merchandise. It's like when you can't bring outside food into a restaurant. Uh, I think sometimes those uh, rent-a-cops think they're Mounties or something. but But I will say this. The beer gardens... At the Lashburn Slow Pitch Tournament this weekend, did not care where your booze came from. <laughs> Perfect. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. All right, I do want to make a quick announcement. We now have a website slash blog. If you want to check it out, go to twoandout.ca. Type it in on your phone, your computer, and there'll be all kinds of stuff out there. I know Ty's going to use his stats, his fantasy stuff once the season gets underway. I just uh, 
basically trash everything with my opinion. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. Although I've been pretty positive uh, so far for everything that's gone on this season. So check it out, tuneout.ca. Ty's already got thrown under the bus for not posting anything yet. It's only been a week, but uh, people are uh, they're waiting, man. Well, the waiting just makes it so much sweeter, doesn't it, when we actually get going? i got to ask you, when's the last time you wrote anything? Uh, this morning. Oh! What did you I, write? I made a list. I made a list of what needs to be done before I go on the road. Okay. And I got none of it done. Were they complete sentences? No. God, no. It was just <laughs> bullet, bullet points. <laughs> hey, bullet points work, man. Bullet points definitely work. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk a little about that game on Sunday. I know it wasn't on TV, so you didn't get to see it, but the Lions lose 22-7. to Of course, Mike Riley made the trip. He didn't play the game. It was uh, the backups. But before the game, some tough news for the Eskimos' offensive line was Sir Vincent Rogers, their starting left tackle that came over from Ottawa, to keep protecting Trevor Harris's blind side, tears a bicep. Now, they did say he was going to be out indefinitely, but it kind of seems like September, Labor Day, Labor Day rematch kind of thing now, which is good news for that line because they really did not look good <laughs> on Sunday. And I know we're at the point of the season where uh, the defenses are ahead of the offenses. But they were playing starters on their offensive line, and BC and their backups were putting the pressure on the Eskimo quarterbacks. And that is not a good sign. Uh, I know it's only preseason week one, uh, but when you're getting beat up like that, it, it's not a good look. Uh, and like you said, with Sir Vincent Rogers being out, uh, what they said indefinitely at first it was like, oh boy, this this is this could really start what we've seen for. Like the last three or four years, it seems in Edmonton where the injury bug hits early, hits hard, and it hits often. And, I don't know, you know what it is. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it either. It's that city, Max. The same thing happens with the Oilers. Um, uh, that being said, him coming back in September. Ah, damn it, Charlie Coyle. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that being said, him coming back in September is going to act like a, like a trade deadline pickup uh, kind of idea. Uh, if he is healthy and, and able to play, and so it'll be a great addition, uh, you know, later on in the year. And that being said, about the Eskimos' offensive line, the Lions, while they were playing some backups, um, the Eskimos were able to put on some pressure as well. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how you can, you know, evaluate quarterbacks when they are on the run nonstop. But Philip Lawley, new defensive coordinator for the Eskimos, said that's what they're going to do. They're going to pressure the quarterback. They ended up having five sacks in the game, and there were a few blitzes in there. I thought it was an unwritten rule not to blitz in the preseason, but screw that. <laughs> no, it, uh, you blitz every chance you get. It's, it's preseason for defenses, too. they got to learn the schemes. And if... Uh if the quarterback can't pick that up and his O-line's having trouble, then you obviously know you got what you need to work on uh, in, in training camp for the, rest of the, for the rest of the time. Special teams was the big story in the game. Uh, the Lions did end up signing Sergio Castillo to a contract. We've seen him before with the Bombers and mm-hmm. the Ticats. You're always in tough if you are uh, an American kicker, but the kickers weren't really the story on special teams. It was 
probably the coverage teams on both sides. Uh, BC ended up having a 63-yard return for a touchdown from Shakir Ryan. But the Eskimos had a dynamite return game. Josh Stanford Finally. had a, Yes, uh, Stanford had a 74-yard return. And... Uh, Jordan Robinson had over a hundred and yards in punt returns. It's been a long time since they've had any sort of return game in Edmonton, and it creates long fields. And, and I don't want to say it's why, but I mean it had a lot to do with why Mike Riley was putting up the numbers he was. Like, you're having to go eighty. 75 yards every time you get the ball. You never have a short field. It's really hard to get an offense going uh, without you know throwing the ball and. There were, there were nights where Mike was throwing it 45, 50 times because he had to because they're starting from their 10 because there was no return game. So, uh, you know, they start if they can find a return game and find the scheme and give Trevor Harris those shorter fields, they could be a force to be reckoned with in that West Division. And there was another thing that I started thinking about during this game. If that's what BC has to put on the field when or if Mike Riley goes down, things are not good. And if that's what... No. Edmonton has to put on the field if Trevor Harris goes down. That's not good either. It looks like Logan Kilgore might have the edge on Danny O'Brien for the backup job. He had a beautiful throw mm. to uh, Tavon Smith for a long touchdown there, and Tavon Smith showed a speed off on that play. But what teams are in good shape if their starter goes down? The only one I can think of is Winnipeg. or uh, Toronto, maybe, depending on... There's you know, at least some experience there, yeah. There's some experience, and that 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 maybe your saving grace. But yeah, Winnipeg. Uh, you know, we saw Strevler in the first couple of weeks last year. Uh, you know, took over that offense and, and won them a couple games. So uh, we know it can be done. But yeah, I, I would I would agree with you there that Winnipeg uh, would be in the best shape uh, if God forbid Matt Nichols goes down. And who knows? There might be a hidden prospect on one of these teams because once upon a time. Bo Mitchell and Tino Mike Riley. Sanceri. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Mitchell and Mike Riley were those guys once upon mm-hmm. a time, but it doesn't seem like there are any buzzy, you know, third or second stringers right now that uh, will be able to take that, uh, take the reins and run with it like those those guys did. Uh, let's talk about the preseason games for the rest of the week here. A little of uh, what to expect. Um, the Alouettes and the Argos, by the time you listen to this, there's a good chance the game has already been played. It was a 11 a.m. Eastern kickoff Thursday at Varsity Stadium in Toronto, but it was school day. Basically, the stadium just full of school kids. Brazilian Ty's worst nightmare. But <laughs> It's my own personal hell. <laughs> but... I think this is awesome. I think the Argos should be going to schools every week with vouchers for the Mm -hmm. kids just to get them to BMO Field as early and as often as possible to make fans for life. And they've got some pretty cool initiatives this year. They partnered up with the CFL to hand out 2,000 leather CFL footballs around the GTA this season. This school day is a great, great idea, I think. I think the Argos franchise might be taking some nice steps here in the right direction. It, it cannot hurt. And the, the junior A team here, when we were in school, we would get free tickets. Uh, you know, you'd go to a game and then, you know, what, that, sat, you'd go on the Wednesday night or whatever, you get a free ticket that Saturday or that Sunday afternoon, there'd be a game while well, you'd beg your parents to take you. 
because you got to go to one and you realize it's fun. Uh, you know, when you get the kids early and, and, and you know, they get to see a, a, a football game and maybe they fall in love with the game right away and maybe they want to start playing or maybe they want to keep coming back. And, like, CFL tickets are not the most expensive thing in the world, so maybe uh, if they're able to beg and plead with their parents enough, maybe the parents will take them and, and you know, that creates a whole new generation of fans. So I like the initiative. Uh, like I said, handing out footballs is another thing. Uh, and it also helps that on their roster in training camp is a is a YouTube basically star. So, you know, and we know how kids are with computers and their rock and roll and their long hair and such. <laughs> so that, that can't hurt either. You know what? My boss uh, at work here, he's got two kids. I don't know seven to ten years old kind of thing and they're not so they're self-sufficient <laughs> they're not really interested in watching tv or anything they just find stuff on youtube so there's yeah. a good chance that kids in toronto already know about oscar or donald de la Hoya. i always want to call him oscar de la hoya, oscar de la hoya. <laughs> you know what i look on youtube for when i forget how to tie a tie yeah, me too, or when I need to <laughs> cut some drywall it. or put a TV on the wall, stuff like that. Okay, okay, okay. Cut some drywall? Come on. Nah, I got a drywall saw. That's pretty easy, but uh, patch a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah, that's easy. I just call, yeah, uh, iPhone, call dad. <laughs> but this guy's got one and a half million subscribers mm-hmm. on YouTube, and talking about the NCAA and some of their policies is a whole nother podcast, but he had a scholarship at the university of central central Florida. And after his freshman year, he lost his scholarship because the school told him you have to basically end that YouTube channel or you need to just come play football. And he chose the YouTube channel at that time. Or, and now he's got over a million subscribers. That thing's making him some cash. Oh, absolutely. And that's why the NCAA didn't like it. He was making money off of his likeness. You can't even get married in university if you're an NCAA athlete, if you register for gifts, because you are now in violation of NCAA rules and your team will have to forfeit scholarships and all that stuff unless you return everything and just... Say it never happened. What a you can't joke! Even sign up for, you can't even sign up for a gift registry. They they also there's also a cap on how much you can make. Like if you get a job, there's right. a cap on how much you can make in a year, and it's like a thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, it's it's a complete and utter joke. <laughs> so this kicker, he's only 22 years old. Uh, on YouTube, he is known as destroying, and he's bringing some eyes. To the Toronto Argonauts. He mm-hmm. he actually he took a tour of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders facilities uh, back in 2017, the year that he lost his uh, scholarship. And as an old guy, it, it's tough for me to put myself in the mindset of kids, but it's what they do. They go on YouTube and they go on Instagram, and that's where they spend their time. So this guy, he's 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 an American kicker. So I think it might be tough for him to make the roster. But he's got over 400,000 Instagram followers. Now the Argos have the most followed team account on Instagram. And he makes these uh, 
videos uh, documenting his days at practice and things like that, and they get over a million views. This guy is an internet star, and I think mm-hmm. if they can't fit him onto the roster, there's got to be a position for this guy in the organization somewhere, no? Uh, I, social media somewhere, consultant or, or, or you know, coordinator. I don't want to take somebody else's job away, but um, you know, if, if you can turn those subscribers into into uh, ticket sales, then I mean, that's a whole nother that's a whole other story. Yeah, even if he is uh, on the team as a publicity stunt or whatever, he's got to have talent. He's young, uh, so <laughs> they're not winning the Grey Cup this year. So what does it hurt? <laughs> or is that is that is that a lock? I'll lock that in. The Toronto Argonauts are not winning oh. the Grey Cup in 2019. Interesting. <laughs> is is that that bold? No. Uh, <laughs> it's early yet. I mean, they're eight injuries away from having the best quarterback in the CFL. <laughs> I do want to ask you, how would you handle the Toronto running back situation? <laughs> Brandon Burks, oh Mercer Timmis, James Wilder Jr., Tyrell Sutton, Chris Rainey, Dexter McCluster. I, I keep. I would go Burks. I might go Sutton and Burks as my starters, and then and then Chris Rainey because you need the return game. So I think I think Rainey will be exclusively used as a returner, and then yeah. uh, use him at receiver on uh, you know yeah. certain plays. And I think the same for Dexter McCluster. I am not shocked if James Wilder Jr. is on the outside looking in here. No, I wouldn't be either. Um, with that, you know, if he has another breakout year and doesn't get, sorry, and doesn't get a. A offer down south or catch on down south. This can take a lot of money, and you know it's 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 a salary cap game. And if you have the chance now, where you have a cheaper option, uh, you got to take it if you can spend that money at a better position. So uh, I'm not saying running back isn't important, but if you can spend that money on your offensive line and protect your quarterback and and have a have a serviceable running back back there that can run behind a good offensive line, then I'd rather spend my money that way. It's crazy to say this, but James Wilder Jr. has only had nine or ten good games in the CFL. Mm-hmm. He came in as a rookie and uh, got the starting job from, uh, I think it was Brandon Whitaker, after Labor Day, and then yep. the rest is history. Last year... And then held out. Yeah, and then last year he struggled. Yep. And ended the season injured. I... Uh, we're talking about a guy that's been in the league for a year and a half but only had a good half a season at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and that, that's why that's why I don't see it being an issue putting Burks back there. We saw what Burks could do after James Wilder Jr. was hurt, so it's not that much of a difference. Let's talk a bit about the Alouettes here. Would you buy the Alouettes if you had the cash? That's what I wrote on 2andout.ca. I don't think I would. I probably have the cash, so they can't be worth that much, but I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> Apparently, last season, it was reported that they lost $12 million. Yeah, but the salary cap's only like five. I don't know. How much is rent at McGill? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how 
or what the operate. I'd like to see an operating cost of a, you know, a typical franchise like the, you know, the Rough Riders or the Stampeders or something like that. But you're right. the The Owls they basically have to rent McGill, but they also have to rent the practice facilities as well. It's not a good situation mm-hmm. that the team no, is terrible. in right now. No, it's dire straits. We we have the ownership issue. They still have Cavis Reed as their GM, so, I mean, this year's probably not going to go well after week five. Um, you know, we we saw it all the time, Jim Pop meddling. Up. It, it hasn't been good since after Calvillo left. Like, let, let's, call, let's call it what it is. Uh, they had the one year with Crompton where, you know, they went 9-9 nine and nine and made the playoffs miraculously. Um, but this is a team that, has not figured anything out other than that one nine and nine year. They've lost in the East semi once uh, under Tressman, or sorry, was it Tressman or Pop? It was Higgins, I think. Or Higgins, sorry, short hair, glasses, and a hat, whatever they all look the same. <laughs> um, you know, it just and now with Cavis Reed, it just seems like he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, the coaching staff. I still don't know. They, I still don't think they know that there's 12 guys out on the field. Uh, so it's, I don't see it getting any better unless the owner comes in and totally revamps everything and, and finds a good, a good GM and a good football ops guy to take over and do what needs to be done to get this team uh, back into contention. There is some young prospects they now have on the offensive line. Antonio Pipkin maybe gives uh, some fans some hope, and the defense mm-hmm. has some horses there. So mm-hmm. hey, they could fight for a home playoff game this year, but the league said they wanted to get a new owner in place by the time the season gets underway or it's been talked about anyway. And we're only a few weeks away. Kind of three groups have been brought up. Vince Guzzo, the Eric LaPointe group, and Clifford Stark. Uh, Stark put out the letter with his uh, intent to purchase, so maybe that's the group that the uh, league goes back to to take care of the Alouettes. This one's going to be on TSN on Friday. The Stampeders and the Rough Riders. The Stamps had some rough news, learning that right guard Brad Erdos is now out for 2019. So it looks like Justin Lawrence will move to center, and uh, 2018 first-round pick Ryan Skevier will be at guard here. But either way, the Stampeders are might have a pretty inexperienced interior for their offensive line, and they gave up a league-low 27 sacks last year. How could this affect the team? Inexperience is huge, uh, especially in between offensive and defensive lines. Uh, we see it all the time, with, especially with defensive ends and, and guys like Charleston Hughes and stuff. As they get older, their numbers tend to get a little better because they, they, they have the experience on how to get, uh, you know, how to manipulate the, the, the offensive line in front of them to get to the quarterback. Um, so, you know, having the youngsters at, at 2018 first-round pick, yeah, it's a year. It's a year ago, but still a guy that hasn't played a whole heck of a lot. A new position. Um, it's you know Calgary has had a lot of continuity on that roster, and especially and their offensive line uh, has been really good for the last couple of years. I, I feel like it's just going to be a plug and play. Uh, you know, you might might notice some rust early, but I, I think they're gonna f- they're gonna figure out a way whether or not it's it's helping him with a tackle or or the center with a double team. 
and, and you know they'll they'll make the adjustments as needed with that coaching staff. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. Uh, in the long run, though, it's it's not ideal. Obviously, you, you want those veterans on the offensive line, especially, but uh, you can't always get it. And and like we said, without an offensive line, we, we and I know I'm going to say it again, but we say it every week. Without an offense, without a good offensive line, you're not going to have a very good team. Uh, and that's where all of Calgary's success starts is on that offensive line. So I, I'm not overly worried about it. Lawrence was a fifth round draft pick last year, and the offensive line culture in Calgary has been strong for a very long time. These kids were able to learn for a year. Now they're going to have to prove what they are worth. And let's face it, they have learned from the best for the past uh, little while here. Now the Stamps end up bringing back Romar Morris. They do put him on the six-game injured list. And there's going to be a couple situations I'm going to watch in uh, this game against the Riders. Uh, the receivers coach, Pete Costanza, says uh, Jawan Breskison could actually see some time at slot back this season. So for fantasy purposes, if he's going to be playing in that position, he could come Hello. as a really good uh, value to start the year. Could be a very good value, uh, big body catch the ball, uh, hasn't scored a whole heck ton. But uh, if he's going to be playing inside, then, uh, you know, Bo Levi will be able to find him a lot more often than he does out, out wide for sure. And Calgary's defensive line is something I want to watch as well. There's been a lot of change mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> in that area of the team. And the, you know what, the linebackers as well. So that is going to be something uh, to I th- watch. I think that's how the riders build their defense. It's like, we'll let Calgary groom these players for a couple of years, and then we'll just, <laughs> we'll just get them when they're more expensive. Yeah, we'll, we'll pay them the most in the league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as the Riders go, defensive end Jordan Reeves, and he is a special teams beast, mm-hmm. is out for the year, and that's a big loss for the team. You can't downplay those special teams demons in the CFL. Absolutely not. It's a huge, huge factor uh, in this league. Uh, longer field, got to be able to flip field position and have a good return game. Uh, that being said, you got to have a really good cover team to make sure that other team uh, does not get good field position. Jordan Reeves just seemed game in and game out, was just everywhere on, on returns. Yeah. It was something else to watch. Zach Kalaros will not be playing in this game. Last year he got into a preseason game against the Stampeders, and it just ruined uh, the entire year for him. So, <laughs> well, what, what, did, what did Craig say about Kalaros after or in camp? His timing wasn't great. So he's not going to play this game. Why? You know, time, timing would help. T- timing's a big issue with quarterbacks. You know, why not get him some first, some first uh, team reps, and then maybe get him out of there. So you know, it seems like the teams they choose to play their vets for the home preseason game. Yeah, I, so, I guess. So I don't know if he's going to see a half there, but. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't this... even played one regular season game, and I'm already crapping on Craig Dickinson. <laughs> wow, this is a broke record, isn't it? You know what? He seems like he gives us honest answers, and I will uh, give him props for that. We were mm-hmm. always trying to read, read between the lines with Chris Jones, and Dickinson said this game could, well, it could be a very big deciding factor in whether David Watford or Cody Fajardo mm-hmm. will be the backup in Saskatchewan. Fajardo, I guess, stole the show. Uh, for the green and white game over the weekend. Um, 
And I know Calaro's got crapped on for going one for ten. That tells me that the Ryder defense is still good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But then you remember what Zach Laros was last year, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and you know what? I want to see, especially in this game, if any of these global players are going to get on the field. There was a lot of talk about Max Zimmerman and Javier Garcia, who ended up scoring two of the three touchdowns in that in that scrimmage in Saskatoon. I don't know if these guys are going to make it on the field in these preseason games, but, man, I, I want to see it. Garcia returned an interception for a touchdown, and, uh, and Zimmerman had a touchdown catch. So I think it would be cool to see these players get onto the field in Calgary. I'm still unclear on to how this whole thing works with the CBA. It looks like teams have one global spot uh, for the upcoming season. They'll have two global spots next year. They only get paid the minimum salary, and they can't negotiate extra incentives into their deal. I I, kind of wonder, and I know we're probably a long way from this, what if a global player just lights it up? (laughs) <laughs> what what if a global what if a global player turns into Eric Rogers? I know, or you know, you know, the guy becomes a dynamite kick returner or something. Does the guy yeah. get a raise the next year? Uh, do teams have to have a guy on the roster? It's all very interesting to see how this new CFL 2.0 is uh, going to work. I do want to shout out uh, John Ryan as well. He's going to get his honorary. U of R degree. I think that whole province loves having Ryan back. Everybody but one, yeah. <laughs> but we won't get into why I'm. We won't get into why I'm not a huge fan. Okay, we'll politics out of it. <laughs> that's for that's for mine and your dad's podcast. God, if that ever sees the light of day, we'll be in jail. <laughs> and you're, we're taking you down with us. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) (laughs) And you should be. Uh, This episode of the Two and Out CFL podcast is brought to you by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit happening on October 10th. I love what they're doing here. Uh, They are bringing in uh, a lot of keynote speakers here. And the focus is on what it takes to create uh, healthy workplace cultures where everyone thrives. And these keynote speakers, I actually watched one of their TED Talks. Uh, His name is Drew Dudley. And he did a TED Talk on everyday leadership. And, man, just type in Drew Dudley lollipop on Google. It's six minutes long. I watched it right before the show, and now I'm... uh, I'm ready to be the best me, man. I'm ready to live my uh, best life. But you get to, you don't just sit there, you you know, you eat the chips or whatever and watch the speeches. You get to mingle with these uh, inspirational people. So you get to really talk to them and really take away some uh, great information from this summit. Do Bubba and Dudley make an appearance on that video, or is it just... <laughs> Drew Dudley's a great name, isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. He, not, not known to a lot of people, but he is the third Dudley boy. 
<laughs> oh, if you do want to check it out, you can make all t- kinds of great connections at the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit. It happens at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel, October 10th. Get more information at the wellnesssummit.ca. Uh, moving into another preseason game that's going to be happening on Friday. It'll actually be live-streamed on bluebombers.com. The Eskies and the Bombers here. And talking a little bit about the Bombers, I think we're going to get to our season preview in the next uh, week or so here. Probably next week, actually, since it's uh, going to be June already. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. think the about Winnipeg that. Blue Bombers... This is all about getting up to speed and staying healthy. I think they're the team best positioned to win the Grey Cup in 2019. But at the same time, I feel like their window is closing, kind of like Calgary's last year. It was like all of a sudden some contracts were expiring, some guys were going to the NFL, some guys were going to deserve some big raises, and Calgary could not keep them all together. That might happen. In Winnipeg, Andrew Harris is going into his age 32 season. Mike O'Shea has his contract expiring next year. Matt Nichols and Chris Strevler have their contracts expiring at the end of the year. The Bombers are going to have some really tough choices once uh, the Grey Cup rolls around and we move into the offseason. So I, I think the preseason here is really just getting the timing down and getting things up to speed. And they come in, and I know the injury happened last year to Matt Nichols early on uh, during the training camp and preseason. The fact that he's healthy and they don't have to go into the season with their unknown quarterback, it is really big. And the Bombers could get off, I think, to the best start once the season starts in a few weeks. Could you say they could manage to get off to a good start oh, if Matt Nichols is healthy? Wow. <laughs> there it is. Wow, uh, that didn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> no, much like his throws. Um, <laughs> no, if Matt Nichols is healthy and and Andrew Harris is you know the uh, uh, Andrew Harris has been last couple of years, uh, you know and. The rest, of, the rest of the team can stay healthy, and, and Strevler can contribute like he did. Uh, they got a really good chance of hosting that West final, and, and like you said, that their window is closing, similar to the Stampeders, with guys getting up there in age and contract issues. So you know they got to get off to a good start because if you fall behind in that West division, it's really hard to get back. A couple of players are going to be watching in this one. Uh, it starts with Lucky Whitehead. He is Mm -hmm. going to be a kick returner for the Blue Bombers. And the guy has a crazy story. He was with the Dallas Cowboys. And he was arrested for shoplifting uh, petty larceny charges of less than 200 bucks. Well, what happened here, one of his friends was the actual suspect, but stole his ID. And he provided the... Lucky's name, his birth date, his social security number. So he's the one that got thrown under the bus and getting arrested. Before he got cleared of the charges, the Cowboys let him go, which a couple years ago, considering the players that the Cowboys were (laughs) employing, that's insane. (laughs) And then this guy's dog was kidnapped and held for ransom. 
The guy had a crazy go of things in the States. He had a cup of coffee with the New York Jets after the Cowboys fiasco, and now he's in Ugh. Winnipeg. And I I'd think- rather be in jail than play for the Jets. <laughs> I think this kid could be fun to watch, and he's been turning heads at camp. Mm-hmm. Well, everything we've heard uh, coming out of Winnipeg Blue Mars camp on Twitter and everything has been this: this kid is the fastest kid alive. Yeah, yeah, and, and nobody's going to catch him. He's a fat, and he's not even at full speed. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, this this is going to be fun. And the Winnipeg secondary is going to be one to watch. We've kind of wondered how long. Can Winnipeg keep mm-hmm. going with all of these turnovers? Could it end this year? I don't know. There's now Willie Jefferson and Adam Big Hill still there. Yeah. Uh, Loeffler is gone. Kevin Fogg is gone. And Chris Randall is gone. Like, so uh, it, it, ha- it is stopping this year. You, that's your bold uh, prediction? No, I got a bolder one than that. But that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's like my 1B prediction. So it looks like we're going to have a battle at safety between Jeff Hecht and I believe it's Derek Jones. Chandler Fenner has been lining up as a starting quarterback. So mm-hmm. the uh, the secondary in Winnipeg is going to be something to watch. As for Edmonton in this one, Trevor Harris isn't going to play. Uh, a lot of other vets aren't going to be dressing. Uh, the offensive line needs to figure itself out after what happened in BC. Oh. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be playing any of the starters which I, I don't know how you can uh, evaluate a Logan Kilgore or Danny O'Brien when these guys uh, could possibly be running for their lives. So <laughs> <laughs> Kilgore and O'Brien have fun against Winnipeg. Yeah, that, that'll be lots of fun, especially with Winnipeg being at home. So, you know, they're going to have a pretty yeah. decent lineup, especially early on in the game. It's like, yeah, just throw them to the Wolves, you know, two weeks in and just hope for the best. <laughs> it's kind of like how my grandpa taught me how to swim. What, he just threw you into the water and said, figure it out? Pretty much. Well, he stood there. <laughs> how old were you? Like four. Do you do you have memories of this? Yeah. And then he tried to force feed me gravy. <laughs> very traumatizing. Oh, God. I wish, he, <laughs> I wish that was substituted. Like he threw you into a pool of gravy like 2.5 million liters of gravy (laughs) gross like that threw me into the biggest vat of poutine you could find (laughs) so this is why you hate gravy i don't think that's why i hate it i just don't like it it's just i I tried it and i don't like it i tried it a couple years ago too and it's still gross Being for, being force fed it, that would might have had something to do with it. That would ruin it for life. <laughs> like he force fed me beer one time, and I still love it. So I don't think that's it. Well, that one worked. Yeah, thank God. Your grandpa sounds like a beauty. Yeah, he was. He was. He was okay. Dutch immigrant farmer. His loved loved his pill for some reason. I don't. I don't even get it either. Hey, I get that. I, I identify with this guy. Yeah. And and he grew up in Coquitlam, and so he was a he was a BC Lions fan when he came out here. We met Riders, and he's like, "No, once you guys win a Great Cup, maybe I'll start cheering for you." Uh, he passed away in 2012. No, or no, he no, he passed away in 20 in 2006. Sorry, oh we were no, still in high school when he passed away. Yeah, so he never got to see. It. Yeah, 
I got screwed, so I never got to be a Ryder fan with my grandpa. So thanks a lot, Saskatchewan. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still a fan. You ruined everything. <laughs> this got dark. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> good to see we're back. Good to see we've we haven't skipped a beat. <laughs> Let's go back uh, to the the final preseason game this week. The Tie Cats. And uh, the Red Blacks. And last week, the Ticats ended up signing Chris Van Zyl. And now they've announced that Riker Matthews is coming back. He went uh, to the NFL uh, with the New England Patriots, but was let go earlier this month. Now he's coming back. The Ticats, all of a sudden here, best offensive line in the CFL? If not, they'd be the second. Like, I mean, Calgary's injuries and everything, that, that could be an issue. But, yeah, they're... And, of course, on probably the team that's going to win the East. So, uh, you know, the rich just get richer. Oh, man. Brandon Revenberg has really come into his own. Riker Matthews, Chris Van Zyl. Oh, man. They're Mike Filer. If they stay healthy. Yeah. Siraco had a great year last year. Man, mm-hmm. uh, those Ticats. <laughs> they might punch you in the face if you try to... Uh, play those guys. Um, I think there's a lot more questions from the Red Blacks. No. Uh, going into this game, but I do want to see what the Ticats do with their running backs. I, uh, mm-hmm. I I don't think they'll, you know, show their cards as the, if they're going American or Canadian in this one. They could. Uh, we'll see how the cow, the carries go. Uh, in it, but Ottawa, we need to decide a starting quarterback here. Jonathan Jennings or Dominic Davis? And you remember Davis when he was in Winnipeg? And I, I think on the Prairies, the favorite player on any team is the backup quarterback. Davis does have a rifle, and he can mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. Jennings can run too. Mm-hmm. And there's talk in Ottawa that they could go with an all Canadian offensive line. Because the guys they've brought in from the States are very young and new to the game. They really don't have uh, any American-experienced offensive lining camp in Ottawa. <laughs> Maybe these are the quarterbacks that can do it because they're going to be running for their lives. Yeah, it, and, and, you know, Ottawa Red Black fans finally got what they asked for, and they get Dominic Davis behind center because uh, apparently he was a way better option than Trevor Harris, according to them. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was some of the crazy ones on Twitter. I mean, oh man, no, I'm painting them all with the same brush. You know me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well done. <laughs> uh, but no, like the, both these guys are mobile. Which, which uh, if they do go with the inexperience on the O line, and and you know they don't have the horses they used to, uh, could be a benefit. Uh, and they both play. They can both run. So it's not like you're going uh, like the riders had to from. Zach Claros to Brandon Bridge and the O line struggles because uh, it's two distinctly different playing styles. So Ottawa says they're planning on playing their starters. This game will be on TSN, so they need to get up to speed as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Moses Madu is the is the uh, starter uh, <laughs> when it comes to running back, but I really want to watch this John Crockett. Running back. A lot of people are talking about him from Red Black's camp. I believe he was a Green Bay Packer once upon a time. Well, now he's in Ottawa, and he could actually 
be the one that pushes Madhu or takes the job at least partway through the season. Well, we've never really seen Moses Madhu have a starting gig for an elongated period of time. Yeah, he's never been the feature guy. Right. Uh, so maybe him getting pushed. Uh, well, I mean, maybe him having that spot and then having that little bit of a push uh, where he has to keep his performance up could be a good thing. Uh, and, you know, if he falters, they, they could have a very viable backup that could take over. So uh, definitely something to watch, like you said. And that's another team that could go Canadian at the running back position as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moving parts in Ottawa. I guess that that does it for this week. Uh, I'll be joining Brian for the bclionsden.ca podcast this week. Of course, Brian, a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, has been doing the CFL podcast thing for as long as anyone, but his co-host Mojo can't uh, do it this week. He's going to the movies, I think. The Godzilla is in theaters. <laughs> Which, by the how, way... How many Godzilla movies can they make? Like, come on. Hey, the, the new Jeez. ones are good. The new ones are really good. <laughs> it's, it's like Police Academy. After the third one, just stop. <laughs> So I'll be on the BC Lions Den podcast. You can you can check that out. And I also want to encourage you to check out the CanadaFootballChat.com prospect game on TSN. It's going to air on Sunday. The game actually happens on Saturday, but they're going to be airing it on a delay. Farhan Lalji with the call, but it is 72 of the top high school players from across Canada playing at TD Place in Ottawa this weekend. I can't wait to check that out on Sunday. Including one from our hometown. Of Lloyd Minster. Yes, their running back, Matthew Morin, uh, is going to be playing on the Team Burris roster. So, unfortunately, he got the lesser of the two, my two, or the less favorite of the two coaches that are there. Uh, he didn't get put on Team Dunnigan, but uh, <laughs> definitely, if I'm, if I'm not working, I'll be watching. Uh, you know, get to see get to see some kids that you know maybe eventually uh, I might get to see in U Sport, and then hopefully uh, if they're able to keep playing football, maybe maybe drafted in a couple of years. So, how does U Sports feel about all of this? <laughs> like they can't get the East West Bowl on TV, but this is, and I'm not knocking this. I think it should all be on TV. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that should be on TV that aren't. Yeah. It's 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 kind of sad uh, what's happening with U Sports. Hopefully that situation changes in the next year or two. But I'll be watching this one in the meantime. The CanadaFootballChat.com prospect game on TSN uh, from Ottawa this weekend. I'm Travis Cura. He is Brazilian Ty. We're part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. And the Alberta Podcast Network is uh, happy to be partnering with Seat Giant to get you the best deal on tickets to major sporting events, concerts, theater, all across North America. And the best part about this one is that it's all in Canadian dollars. Go to seatgiant.ca, and then you're knowing what you're going to pay. There's not going to be any surprises when your credit card screws you with the currency exchange. So when you want to buy yourself $70,000 Raptor tickets, it's going to say $70,000. We can't all be snow, right? Like, <laughs> informers making some sick residuals. <laughs> How much would you pay for courtside tickets, realistically? Like for Raptors game one? Yeah. For a pair, I would pay upwards of five grand. Yeah, I guess that's reasonable, but 
It's the experience, right? I don't know and, if it's reasonable, but... <laughs> no, it's definitely not reasonable. Um, it's more reasonable than 30K each. Yeah, th- this might come as a shock to some people, but I like basketball, and I've been a Raptors fan for since I started watching basketball, so this is, this is a huge moment for me. Uh, I'm going to be quitting work a little early tomorrow to make sure that I'm home in time or at the hotel in time to uh, watch game one for sure. Are they going to beat the Warriors? Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not discussing it. I don't want to jinx it. You know what? I almost feel like the Warriors are better without Durant. They are 35-1 and one in their last 36 without Durant. So, yeah. <laughs> so even if his calf is good, keep him out. <laughs> no, no. Let him play. Let him play. <laughs> SeatGiant.ca. What's 5% off of 30 grand? Because you could save that by using the promo code APN at checkout. $600? Yeah, you could save $600 on your Raptors tickets. I don't know know if you're really saving $600, but... (laughs) SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code APN at checkout to save 5% on your purchase. And you're supporting a Canadian company. It's Canadian-owned and operated, and it guarantees... Every ticket, seatgiant.ca, offer code APN. Brazilian tie and Travis Curra, that does it uh, for this week. We'll be back next week before the final preseason games, and then I guess after that it'll be time to do some season previews. Oh, so i got to start working. Yes, you do. Get to work, my friend. That does not sound like fun, but I guess we could get something together. All right, buddy. (laughs) Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We'll talk to you in a week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.